That's why I'm, I'm doing I'm talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you my subject. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, in, in three verses there, Paul continues to talk about it. He talked about, verse 12, he used the word seeing. That's how he started off, verse number 12. Seeing then that we have such hope, or because of, that's what seeing means. Because of, we have such hope. He's talked about. Now we use great plainness of speech, or we are very bold in what we say. Then in verse 13, he said, Now, not as Moses would put a veil of his face, that the children of Israel could not satisfactorily look to the end of that which is the bodies. So I've already talked about in this series, the first series, I talked about the Lord of that spirit. Now, we're, we're, we're taking things like layers, the Lord of that spirit. Then we talked about, Lord, remove my veil. Lord, remove my veil. Now, the reason why we're doing that, because we showed you that Israel could not steadfastly see the end of that which is abolished. Now, most people do things in the churches today because they can't see. They don't know that's their problem, but they can't see that God done away with that. So what they do is, they keep doing that to please God. So I'm going to show you in the Word of God that that's what man's problem is. We keep trying to do that to please God. Now, we got to find out what that, that is today also. Now, and then we talked about part five and six. We, we gave you the Lord of that spirit. Lord, take away my veil. Then third, we gave you in that teaching, uh, which is a six-tape series, we gave you... Uh, the, when, the veil, when the veil is taken away. That's what we talked about last week. When the veil is taken away. Now, if you follow in the teaching, the Holy Spirit have to show you what's next. So this is what I'm talking about today. Seeing, which is 2 Corinthians 3 uh, in verse 12. Seeing the end of that which is abolished. Seeing the end of that which is abolished. So, it's not enough to see, it's not enough that things has been abolished, but can you see it? Because you cannot minister on what you can't see. So the apostle Paul got his ministry by revelation. He had to see it. He had no New Testament. He had no Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in writing. And yet he had to write the New Testament. How is he going to do it? The Holy Spirit had to show it to him, right? Let's show you that in Acts 22. We're going to show you that in Acts chapter 22. In Acts chapter 22. Let's go to that. Acts chapter number 22. And I want to show you in verse 14. From the book of Acts, chapter 22 and verse 14. He said, the God of our Father has chosen you. This is what Ananias said to Paul. The God of our Father has chosen you that you should, number one, know his will. Number two, see. Number one, know his just will. Number two, see that just one. You're going to know his will first, then you're going to see that just one. And then third, you're going to hear the voice of his mouth. Now, the only somebody ever did that in the Old Testament was Moses. When God gave Moses the Old Testament, 
That's what he did with Moses. Moses saw God in the burning bush. Moses heard God speak to him. Moses went up in the mountain and got the law from God. So now Paul in the new covenant is getting the, old co getting the new covenant that same way from God. God talked to Paul. All right. Now we have to know what he said by hearing the Holy Spirit teach us the word of God. All right. Now, did I give you anything we're going to go to? Deuteronomy 32, 20. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse number 20. Just one thing on the screen we get there. Deuteronomy 32, 20. The children of Israel, this is what I said, did not have faith in no covenant. And we're going to show you why. The Bible said, he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what the end shall be. Remember, the end is what we teach it on at the cross. That's the end. Remember, it, they could not see the end of that which is about it. And the reason why they couldn't see it because they didn't have faith. So why did God give you faith so you could believe God? So you can also see the things that God gave the Apostle Paul with the new covenant, which are invisible. You're going to take faith to see the invisible. He said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what the end shall be. For they are very forward generation, children in whom is no faith. So they did not have faith because the gospel of Christ had not come yet. And so what happens is people take things that they do in churches and think they got faith. If you don't believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, listen, you do not have faith. Look at Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. See, what happened is people just go to churches and they say, just get water baptized, just take communion, and you'll be a part of the church. You still don't have no faith. Where you get it from? You only get faith by hearing the gospel of Christ preached. Children of Israel did all of this stuff. They had communion tables, which they called the showbread tables. They also had baptism pools, but they didn't have faith. You have to have faith to see the end of that which is abolished. Okay, I'm waiting on what verse now? Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, watch how I live it. I live by the faith of the Son of God. So otherwise, I could not live by the faith of the Son of God until the Son of God died. You got nothing from, the, from God. See, faith is a part of your inheritance. You could not get that until Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That's why you have to believe in, his, in the cross, which is his death, burial, and resurrection, to get faith. Amen. So Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, never yet I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved the past tent on the cross and gave himself for me. So I, I, we have his faith. We have his faith, we have his love, we have his Holy Spirit. Uh, there's another one scripture. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians 4.13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 13. It said, we having the same spirit of faith. Say it with me. We having, we having 
The same spirit of faith. Right, so you couldn't have this in the old covenant. Once you got saved, you have the same spirit of faith. According as it's written, I believe in therefore I speak. I believe in therefore I've spoken. We also believe in therefore we speak. Now we can speak because we have God's faith. Look at Romans 12, 1, 2, 3. Romans 12, 1, 2, 3. See, the only way you got faith was the hearing of the gospel was preached, Christ was preached, and that's how you got faith. But you have the spirit of faith. God don't use your faith. He used his faith in you. Amen. Romans 12, 1, 2, 3. It says, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not con- conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. All right? Now, my subject today is if from 2 Corinthians 3.17, seeing the end of that which is abolished. Seeing the end of that which is abolished. And I'm going to show you all the things that have been abolished, but the thing about it is, if you can see that, you can see why we don't do communion. Because we don't celebrate Passover on the table eating bread and wine. We celebrate Christ, who is the fulfillment of Passover. See, Christ now is your Passover. So you can't have that on the table and the person too. If you realize that that has been fulfilled, then you know Christ is your Passover. And the Bible plainly tells you, we'll show it to you in the Word of God, the Bible plainly told us that that Christ is my Passover. How many know that, remember that verse? 1 Corinthians 5, 7, so you need to put that down in your note. Christ is my Passover. All right, now watch what God says here in 2 Corinthians, uh, Roman, I'm sorry, Romans 12, 3. Paul says, I say, through the grace given to me, to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God hath dealt to every man the measure of what? So what did God give you? He gave you the measure of faith, right? All right, what else did God give you? Let's go to Ephesians 4, 7. So you have to know what God gave you, how you're going to operate in the things of the Spirit. But you've got to be able to see the things that God has gotten rid of. Christ is the end of the things, and people are still doing them in the church. And we wonder why we don't have the Spirit to teach us. He can't teach us because he's only going to teach you the new covenant. We're trying to get God to teach us the Old Covenant. The Holy Ghost, the Old Testament did not have the Spirit. I just showed you that. They did not have faith. But to every one of us is given grace. So now God gave you faith, then he also gave you what? He gave you grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now we know the measure of the gift of Christ is God's righteousness. So he, because God saved you and made you righteous, he gave you his faith. But he also gave you his grace. Now, Romans 5, 2, you have to be able to use one to get into and operate the other. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 and 2. By whom also we have access by faith. So this is why you have to have the faith. But the faith is not the end. 
See, people can just preach faith, 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 and think you got it. You got what? Faith was to get you into something. Faith is so you can use something. So uh, the Bible said, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. So why did God give you faith? So you can access the grace. You can't use the grace of God in your life without the faith. See, grace is everything God has done for you. Grace is your inheritance. But it's going to take faith to get that. Let's look at uh, Jericho. Anybody remember Jericho? I know our kids back there would raise their hand because they understand the walls of Jericho and how they came down. So here's Israel. They're pressing their way. They get to the the Jordan River. On the other side are the walls of Jericho. Jericho is their inheritance. Everything is from Jericho will lead into everything God had for their life, which will be the promised land. But they can't get that. Because there's Jericho, and Jericho has walls as tall as this inside this building, and they're shut up. And they're watched over with armed people on the top of the wall, ready to kill Israel. How are they going to get their inheritance? Moses had a plan. They had to use faith. That's the time Moses is going to give them something. They don't have faith, but he told them, this is what you do. You're going to march around the walls. The priest is going to march around. He's going to take the ark around the wall. Then Israel is going to march around the wall, and you're going to do this seven days. They kept doing that until they did what, what Moses told them, and then they said, when you finish, you're going to shout. And then when you shout, guess what's going to happen? The walls of Jericho are going to come down and you're going to access. So you have to have faith to access the grace. Can you see that? So that's how you understand what they were doing and why they did what they did. All right. Now, my message once again is seeing the end. Say that with me. Seeing the end of that which is about us. Now, I'm not going to go to Joshua. It's on the screen, but I'm not going to go there. I got so far to go. Now, let's go to Romans chapter number 7 and verse 22. I gave you Acts 22, 14 already. Let's go to Romans 7, 22 through 25. We're going to look at this word seeing until we get to where we're at. Because that's what i got to get you to do. Because when, when I get to Romans in a moment, I'm going to get to Romans and I'm going to see, can you see it? You always hear me say, can you see that? Somebody save me. I say, you always hear me say what? Can you see that? that? Because you can't believe what you can't see. Spiritually, you need to see something to believe it. But the key is, you got to believe it first. Come on, look at somebody and say, until you believe it, you can't see it. So when I ask you, do you see that? That's why I'm asking you, do you see that? Because until you can see something, until you can believe something in the word of God, you can't see it. Because faith is your, it's your access. I just told you, Romans 5, 2. Faith is your, right, it's how you get into it. So how are you going to get your inheritance without believing? So when Jesus came, Jesus told the, the Jews, if thou can believe, all things are possible. Now you got to understand, listen to me now. All things are possible in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But in the new covenant, you have access to all things. Ephesians 1 and 3 told you that, right? 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which has blessed us, already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly place in Christ. So you already have all things. Romans 8, 32. So you don't, you're not trying to get all things. You've got to believe all things before the Holy Ghost can show you all things. And that's what we have problem with. We have problem with, we, we just think we believe in God. We just, we've done it so long and nothing manifests. Because you know why? You're not doing it God's way. You just think you, I just think I believe God. You think you believe God. When you begin to believe God, you're going to begin to trust God for his word. That's how you know you don't believe. Because when it's time to act it out, then you're going down. All right, let's move on. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him for, up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? So when God gave you Christ, he freely gave you what? He gave you all things. Now he's talking about all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things so you can live and you can live it in a godly life. All right, now let's go to Romans 7, 20 through 225. Seeing what I'm, I'm on right now. I'm getting ready to go to, when I get into this, it's going to hit you. I'm going to see, can you see it? Now watch what Paul says. Paul says, I delight, Romans 7, 25. Am I there? You got to keep me focused. Now, now you're at Romans 7, 20. I want Romans chapter 7. 22 through 25. All right, that's what I want. Now, watch what Paul says. I delight in the law of God. So I'm going to give you these up front. So I want you to write them down. These things has been abolished. Said these things things has been abolished. But I'm going to show you how they was abolished. And I'm going to show you why we don't do certain things in the church today because they have been abolished. Christ is the fulfillment of the thing. I told you, I told you, we asked you a scripture earlier. It was 1 Corinthians 5, 7. All right, don't forget, later on, not now. I'm going to show you Christ is our Passover. That's what I said to you. All right, now here, Romans 7, 22, Paul says, I delight in the law of God after the end of man. So you want to put down the law of God. Because there, I'm going to show you there are a lot of laws, but here's the law of God. Now, the law of God is the Old Testament at that time, right? Paul said, I delight in the law of God after the end with man. But then he's going to say, I see another law. So I told you to write some things down, right? Number one is the law. Number two is sin. See, what most people don't understand, sin that God's talking about is a noun. But when church folks talk about it, it's an adjective or a verb. Because it's talking about what you did. And that's the works of the flesh. What God's talking about is a noun. Okay? All right. Now, you want to put down number one, the law. Number two is sin. Number three is death. And then we're going to help the young Christians, because I know all the older Christians know this, that the devil's already been defeated. But they keep, they keep, don't, don't think he is, because they think they, they celebrate Halloween. So if you celebrate Halloween, you don't believe the devil been defeated. <laughs> All right. Now, those things you want to put down, 
seeing then the end of that which is about us. I'm going to show you all those things I just showed you Christ has already fulfilled. Now, let me give you the definition for the word abolish one more time. I'm going to give you seven words. And I want you in the, in, in the, on the screen back there to make sure you put them up for us. Number one, put an end to. You did some of these last week. I'm going to give you seven today. Number one, put an end to. Number two is to make void. Number three is to destroy. Number four, to fulfill. Number five, to complete. Am I the only one hearing this? After the word complete, how many more you got? Let me give you some more. To finish and last, done away. You got that. Somebody say amen. amen. That's a bad fan. <laughs> they just got to cut just me on. Everybody else off. Somebody say amen. amen. Pastor only. Okay, let me give you those again. Yeah, but I'm saying, but if you just put pastor only, you'd get rid of everything else. Cut the pulpit off. Number one, put it in to number two, to make void. Number three, to destroy. Number four, to fulfill. Number five, to complete. Number six, to finish. Number seven, is done away. Now, that is all of that is the word abolish. All of that is the word abolish. Now, when something has been abolished, that's what happens, right? That sounds better. All right. I gave you the thing that I'm showing you that has been abolished. And we're going to go look at each one of them individually. Number one is what? Come on, you ought to be able to pop now. Come on, number one is what? Number two? Number three? Death? Number four? So these things have been done away with. But the church don't know it. So that's why Paul preached the manifold wisdom of God. It was so the church would know. 
Because if you don't know, you can't walk in this. Okay, let me give you a, let me give you a quick one from the law. Let's go back and finish where I was. Romans 7. Romans chapter 7. Now, in Romans chapter 7, we read to verse 22. He says, I delight in the law of God out of the end with man. Watch what he gets into. I'm waiting. But I see. What word am I using? See. Come on, everybody. <laughs> so I told you, write the word down, seeing. That's what we're getting ready to do right now, seeking you see. My message is seeing. All right? But I see another law of my members. Now, how could Paul see that? Because Paul had the revelation. He saw another law in his memory. Remember I told you Paul was told by Ananias that water baptism washes away your sin. So that's what he was going on. But now he gets over here in Romans and he's going to let you know that no, water didn't wash my sin away. Because that's why he said he was deceived. And there are many people are blinded they're deceived because they think the water baptism washed away their sin, just like they think taking communion get rid of sin. None of that can get rid of sin. So watch what he says. Now you got to hear what he's saying. It says, Romans 7, 24, uh, I see another law of my members, warring against the law of my mind, see the two laws, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin. The law of God, the law of my mind, the law of sin. Now, the law of sin, he says, which is in my members. The law of sin is in my members. So we're going to learn today what Paul's ministry is. You have to know that. Okay, let's go to Acts 26, 18 once again. Uh, We're going to come back to that. But let's go to Romans. Acts, I'm sorry, 26, 18. Acts 26, 18 is going to tell you Paul's ministry. And then we're going to chase that. Let's find out what Paul ministers. Paul ministers to open their eyes. This is what God told Paul. Open your eyes. That means a man not saved, his eyes are not open. Right? You heard it this way. I was blind. I was lost. See, some of y'all, they never heard that, right? Let me, let me just tell you that first. I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, and now I'm found. I was Dead. The third one, you need me writing them down? You still don't know them? I'm going to ask you again. You know I'm a teacher. I'm going to ask you again. When you got saved, the first thing happened was God had to open your eyes. Because you was blind, now you can see. The second thing God had to do was what? You was lost, and now you're found. See, it wasn't God lost. It wasn't you trying to find the Lord. You the one was lost. <laughs> Then you were dead. You were dead in trespassing sins, right? But now you're alive, right? That's what you got to understand. You've already been raised from the dead. All right? So Paul ministered, open your eyes. Number one, turn them from darkness. Turn them from darkness. Now, we showed you that's ignorance, right? Turn them from darkness to light. Turn them from the knowledge of Satan to the knowledge of God. Remember, how do we get in this situation? We got in this situation through Adam and Eve, eating of the tree of knowledge, knowledge of good and evil. Now, you got to hear what, what kind of tree they ate from. The knowledge of good and evil. So why, didn't God, why God did not want them to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Anybody know? 
Listen. Listen. You don't know, you need to listen. God did not want man to know evil. Because the Bible called evil Satan. He wanted man only to know God. See, man did not know the devil until he ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God, he only knew God. And how do you know that man now knew the devil? How do you know? Because when God found him next, after he ate, he said this, I was afraid. That means he had eaten of that tree of neither good and evil. He had experienced evil. He never knew evil. He never knew fear. To eat of that tree of neither good and evil. And he can't, you can't get rid of it until you eat the tree of life. So when you holler about this person, you have the spirit of fear. They, they got the spirit of the devil. That's what the spirit of fear is. And the only way you get rid of that is to receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart. And when he come in, he cast out fear. Perfect love cast out fear. And a man feareth because he has not been made perfect in love. That's what your word told you. Somebody can find me in that scripture in 1 John, I think it is, but for, for the class. All right, now, power ministry with number one, to open the eyes. Number two, turn them from darkness to light. Number three, turn them from the power of Satan. Now, this is the question I want to ask you because I'm going to show it to you. You want to put down, what is the power of Satan? Don't try to answer it right now. You might miss it. But after this class is over, 9 and 11, you're going to know what the power of Satan is. Because the ministry is to turn people away from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of, forgiveness of sin. So it's not like you got to get it. It's already been given to you on the cross. When Jesus died, he said, Father, forgive them. So forgiveness of sin has been given to us, but we have to receive it. And you cannot receive forgiveness of sin. I'm sorry, you cannot receive your inheritance. I'm waiting for the scripture to go back up there. You cannot receive your inheritance until you receive forgiveness of sin. Let me tell you, it says that they may receive forgiveness of sin and in the inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith is in me. So you cannot receive your inheritance until you receive forgiveness of sin. But what happens is in churches, what people told us was you got to be water baptized to get rid of sin. That didn't say that. It said you have to receive. You have to receive the forgiveness of sin. See, that's what I'm saying. Religion is, is how different churches teach you. That's denominations. They just teach you what their denomination teach you. You got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name. Get rid of your sin. Well, that's how the denomination teach you. So if you go to a denomination church, whether it's in Michigan or Florida, it's going to be the same teaching. Amen? Because they all meet up in a certain big place and they give you all of them their own, the same thing. All right? That's the tradition of men. Now, Is that what I need there? That's Timothy. We want to make sure this mic is off here because it was on. That's what the revert was. All right, did I give you anything else before I go anywhere? First John 4.18. Okay, that's the one that I think they was trying to put up there, but that's it. First John 4.18, 
Watch what it said. Put it on the screen. First John chapter 4 and verse number 18. It said, therefore, uh, there is no fear in love. See, God is love. There is no fear in God. So God did not want Adam to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil because he did not want him to know evil. If you know evil, you know fear. They go together. There's no fear in love. See, there was no fear there. Perfect love casts out fear. So once a person receives the Lord Jesus Christ in their heart, that spirit of Christ will cast that fear out, out that person because fear has torment. So that's why people are tormented. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So that person does, does not have Christ in them. Because if they did, Christ is perfect love. And Christ coming in would cast out the fear. Fear is the spirit of the devil. Do you understand? So when you see people, there are some people that just, they just, I'm just scared. No, you need to be saved. I don't know. I think this on. Isn't it? Something that's on. All right, let's move on. Okay, did I give you anything else? All right, let's go to work. Let's go to the word seeing is what we own. Let's go to Romans 15, 11 through 22. Romans 15, 11 through 22. Matter of fact, I'm going to do 14 through 22. Romans chapter 15, verse 14 through 22. And then I'm going to go to Ephesians 3, 7 through 11. You'll write these down. Ephesians 3, may want to just take a little something out of my voice, a little louder, reverb it. Ephesians 3, 7 through 11. Just write them down. Romans 15, thank you, 14 through 22. Ephesians 3, 7 through 11. Hebrew 2, 5 through 10. 2 Timothy 1, 8 through 10. Let me know when you got that. Y'all ready? All right. Now let's, get, let's go through those because I'm getting ready to show you something. I'm, I'm talking about sin now. Seeing the end. Seeing the end of that which is abolished. And then after that, I'm going to take you through the, all those three steps, Okay. All right, let's go, let's go through. We, you are in now Romans chapter 15, verse 14. Let's go there. I'm breaking in a new Bible at the same time here. When you break it in the Bible, your leaves be sticking, you know? You know what I mean. Hey, are you here reverb still? I am too. I don't know what it is. But something else on beside me. Romans chapter 15, verse 14. I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brothers, I have written more boldly to you in some sort as putting you in mind because the grace that is given to me of God. That's what God gave Paul to give us. This is God's grace that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to you Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have therefore, wherever I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things, 
which pertain to God. Now he's going to get into this. For I will not dare to speak of any things which Christ has not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed through mighty signs and wonders and the power of the Holy Spirit so that from Jerusalem and round about Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Now watch what he's going to say. Yea, so I have strived to preach the, to preach the gospel. Not where Christ was named lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he has not spoken of, now he's talking about the Gentiles, it's written, to whom he was not spoken of, because Christ did not preach to the Gentiles, they shall what? See. see. They shall see. So God already said, though Christ didn't preach to them, they're going to see. Not only that, they that have not heard Shall understand. So here it is. We have never heard, but we're going to understand. We was not taught by Jesus, but we're going to be able to see. How's God going to do this? He, Paul prayed, remember, in 118, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, right? Right, right. Okay. Now, in Rome, where we at next? Okay. Okay, you don't have to go into things that I don't say. We don't need, I don't need that. Just only what I say. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 7 through 11. From the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verse 7 through 11. You enjoying the word. From the book of Ephesians, from the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, do those need to be off? Ephesians, chapter 3. What verse? Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 7. Let's go there. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am, watch what it says again, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given. So grace is always what? Given. You can't earn it. That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Here's, here's what his message is. To make all men see. That is what, what preaching the gospel does. So, so the reason why I'm a teacher, because I know when you teach, you cause people to see. You inform them. You educate them. You show them in the word. So you cause them to see. Man don't have to believe what you're saying. They believe what the word says. Make all men see. Make all men see what? Number one, what is the fellowship of the mystery? Number one, what's the fellowship of the mystery? Well, the mystery is Christ. And then second, which, this mystery is which was from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Why? To the intent that now in the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church might be known by the church. He wants the church to know what? The manifold wisdom of God. 
And that's who Christ is, the wisdom of God. So in verse 11, according to the eternal purpose, which he has purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, now what's the next thing I gave? Now in Hebrew chapter 2, verse what? Five. We're going to go there because I'm getting ready to get into some things with you. All right, now let's do something before I get to Hebrew. I want you to read Romans 10, 4 out of the Living Bible. I think we can do that today. Romans 10, 4, we're going to do it out of the Living Bible. I'm going to do it out of the King James, but I'm going to do it out of the Living Bible because I want you to hear something. On the Hebrew. Okay, can, can I do it? Okay. That's okay. I may need that. Hold on. Hebrew 2 and verse 5. Let's read it. For unto the angels has he, has he not, angels, has he not put in subjection, watch this, the world to come. Now, when people read the world to come, the first thing they think about is in your future. Now, you got to understand something. Paul was writing, the book of Hebrew was written in, in A.D. 66. I'm sorry, A.D. 64. The book of Hebrews was written A.D. 64. Now, if I was you, if I didn't have it in my Bible, I'd go to the first page of Hebrew and write A.D. 64. Because if you don't, you're not going to know what year is written. Timothy, A.D. 66. So you have to know what year books are written to understand that something Paul did not have the revelation of it in A.D. 66, but A.D. 64, but he had it in A.D. 66. That's what that's about. All right. Now, I gave you scriptures. Where, where am I at right now? By your notes that I gave you. Hebrew 2, 5. But after, but after the hardness and impotent heart. Treasure, is that's why I'm right there? That's Roman 2, 5, right? Okay. Just go to Roman 10 and 4 first because that's not what I asked for. I said we're going to go to Hebrew chapter 2 verse 5 through 10. First let's go to Roman 10 and 4 out of good news if you have a good news or living Bible doesn't make a difference. Then I said we're going to go to Second Timothy 1 8 through 10, right? Okay, so you need to write that down. Okay, but the scripture you got up there right now is Romans 10 and 4 now. Okay, thank you. In Romans 10 and 4, watch what it says. They don't understand that Christ gives those who trust in him everything they are trying to get by keeping his laws. Watch this. They don't understand. That's what Romans 10 and 4 says. Now, can you just bag that up to verse 1 and just let that play down to verse 4? Romans 10, 1 through 4. See, what happened is people don't understand things they're trying to get already been given to them. Dear brothers, we are living this, read this after living Bible. Dear brothers, the longer my heart and my prayer is that the Jews, the Jewish believer, the Jewish people might be saved. See, people think they're already saved. If they were saved, they would be called Jews. See, once you get saved, you're not a Jew no more. You're not a Gentile no more. You in Christ, you're called the body of Christ. All right, don't you stay where you at, because I'm getting ready to go. 
It says, I know what enthusiasm they have for the honor of God. I know. They really enthuse. They, man, they really honor God. But it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand. Here it is. That Christ has died. Need to listen now. Put your ears on. They don't understand that Christ has died to make them right with God. They don't need the table to make them right no more. They don't need the baptism pool to make them right no more. Christ already died to make them right with God. So if Christ already died to make you right with God, what are you doing here when you take communion? And then we'll sing songs like Get Right Church. The church can't get right. Christ died to make you right with God. Instead, they are trying to make themselves good enough to gain God's favor by keeping the Jewish laws, which was water baptism, circumcision, foot washing. That's what people are doing today. Trying to make themselves good enough. Keeping Jewish laws and customs but that is not God's way of salvation. Now let's read that out of the King John. Oh, well, here we go. It says, I'm sorry, next verse. They don't understand that Christ gives to every, to give to those, talking about everyone, who trust in him, everything they're trying to get by keeping the laws. He gave you everything you had, you needed. You don't have to keep the law to get it. Watch what the next verse says. He ended all of that. If he ended all of that, then why are we still doing it? See, some of y'all got mad. Pastor took that communion away. I ain't going back to church no more. I found out that God ended that. See, that right there, I'm going to show you in the word, God gave that to Moses. Isn't that something God gave the communion table to Moses called the table of showbread, and yet we still doing it in the churches four, six, four thousand years later? Six thousand now. Man, we are about four thousand years. Still doing the same thing. And then we tell the people, if, if anything in your heart against somebody, you need to get that right because you're ready to take communion. <laughs> see, see, you're trying to make yourself get right with God. Everything Christ done, we try. then we tell the person when they get water baptized, it's going to take away your sin. That's what they told Paul. Look at Acts 20, 22, 14. That's what I was reading because we didn't finish that. In Acts chapter 22 and verse 14, you have to understand that Paul ministry and then what happened there, which I didn't finish. So let's go back to Acts 22, 22 14. See, Ananias told Paul, watch where you're sin. And watch what he said, the God of our fathers, this is what I read, we didn't finish. The God of our fathers has showed you, Paul, that you should know his will, see that just one, and should hear the voice of his mouth. That's where we start. Go to the next verse. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen. Remember, he's, you're only a witness of what you've seen. If you haven't seen none, you're not a witness. If you haven't heard none, you're not a witness. So he had to, he had to witness what he has seen and heard. Watch the next verse. This is what Ananias, a Jew under the law, told Paul what to do. And now, why tarest thou, Paul? Arise and be baptized. Watch what he told Paul. It, he told Paul the truth, but it was under the old law. Paul was the only one given grace. 
So if Paul did never get grace under the law, he'd be okay. But once you found grace, you can't use water baptism to wash away sin. And this is what he told Paul. Now why tarest thou and be baptized? Be baptized. Wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord, because they got everything in the name of the Lord. All right? Now, that's why when I show you Romans, I'm going to show you that Paul said he was deceived. Go to Romans 7, 7. See, Paul was deceived. And there are many people deceived today because they think they can get some from God by works. And water baptism is works. Churches now are washing feet again. Stinking up the church. <laughs> trying to get God's favor. And I don't mind saying that way because that's embarrassing. I told you we're going to show you one verse. After this, we'll show it to you. Romans chapter 7. Watch what Paul says. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. See, I'm showing you that's why God had to take away the law, because if, you, if, if the law is still being preached, it's give you the knowledge of sin. See, Adam would not have had the knowledge of sin except God had said not to eat of the tree of neither good and evil. He gave him the law. The law said, don't do that. Then he told him, the day you eat thereof, you're going to surely die. So we know what the law did. The law brought sin, sin brought death, and then gave power to the devil. And the only way God can do it, he had to reverse the order. What shall we say then, Paul said, is the law sin? God forbid. I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, because the law said thou shalt not covet, except the law has said thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandments. Watch what Paul said, what it, what it did. Because Ananias put him back under the law. Water baptism for sin is you under the law. Ananias put him under the law. He said, but sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscences, otherwise all manner of evil desires, because without the law, sin was dead. But once you give a man the law, it revives sin. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Then it says, and the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be to death. Remember, he found to be, because he thought he was okay. Sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me, that is... Once Ananias put me back on the law and thought I was saved by water baptism, I was deceived, and it slew me. Wherefore, the law is holy. The law, the commandments are holy, just, and good. It doesn't take away from that. But what then, which is good, made death to me, God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me. Remember, sin, working death in me. By that which is good, that sin might be by the commandment, might become exceeding sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, I was sold under sin. For that which I do, I do allow not, for what I would that I do not, but what I hate, that I do. Then he's going to come to realization, if then I do that which I would not, I consent that the law is good, then he's going to say, now then there's no more that I did do it. He found out another law was operating in him because he was under the law. 
Now then, it's no more I that do it. It's not me that doing that. It's sin that lives in me. He realized that still in his flesh, although he had been water baptized, it did not get rid of the sin. He realized that sin was still in his soul. That's why I want to show you the power of Satan is sin. And so when a man get water baptized, he think he's free from sin and he's not. That man has deceived him through his religion. Now he's become religion. He learned everything in the church. He learned how to dance. He learned how to praise. He learned how to da-da-da-da-da-da-da. He learned how he think he's praying in tongues. There's nothing wrong with praying in the spirit. I pray in the spirit. I pray the spirit this morning on the way to church. But the thing about it is there are people who can mimic Am I right? You heard them. They can mimic. Da, 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 da. Just mimic. They just sing because they think that's tongues. See? And they just learn from somebody in the church. And they got all of the, all of the jerks and everything else. <laughs> For I know that's in me, Paul said, that's in my flesh. So because when you water baptize a person, you wash their flesh, not their soul. In my flesh dwells no good thing. And he called no good thing sin. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. You see, I, I didn't know. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil that it would evil is, which I would do, for I would not that I do. I still did evil. Now, I do that which I would not there's no more that I that do it, but it's now sin that lives in me. Now he realized, I find in the law, but when I would do good, evil is present. Can't you see now that tree of good and, good and evil? So I'm going to show you. See, God did never want Adam to know evil. He only wanted him to know good. Then he said, I delight in the law of God. There's another law, the law of God, but it's after the end with man. Now, he's going to tell you how he's going to get rid of that that law, how he got rid of it. Because the next chapter, you're going to start off with, for there now, therefore now, no condemnation, which is your next message, probably. So he said, I see another law of my members. This law is worn against the law of my mind. Why? Because with your mind, you serve the Lord. You don't serve the Lord with your hands and your feet. You serve the Lord with your mind. So if you sit in here and never listen to the word of God, you're not going to serve. When you listen to the word of God and when you are talking the word of God, that's service to the Lord. You're serving it now with your mind. Woke up this morning with my mind. I thought them people were dumb, but they were right. Stayed on Jesus. Hallelujah. But I see another law of my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to another law, which is the law of sin, and this law of sin is in my members. In this guy, the flesh. Oh, wretched man that I am. Watch what he's going to say. Who's going to deliver me from underlying this? The, the body of this death. That's what God had to do when he saved you. He had to deliver you from the body of death. You don't get that when you die and go to the grave. God don't never put you in the grave. I don't know why folks tell you that. You, know, you got to go, go in the grave and God going to come get you. Listen, 
If my salvation, if God said this to me, Crump, I'm going to save you, but you got to go to the grave first until I'm coming ready for you. You know what I tell the Lord? I think there's got to be a better way, Lord. Because you are Savior. And if you are Savior, you're supposed to save me from the grave. That's Savior. But that's not what people are telling people. They're telling people that we're going to, that's what they tell you at the funeral. We're going to go put them in the grave. And, and God, when God, when the Lord comes, when the Lord comes, he's going to raise them from, from, is that right? You're missing the whole plan of salvation. God raised that man from the dead when he got saved. See, what you're doing, you're looking at a box over there in the ground for the grave, and this is the grave. That's what your flesh is, the grave. If your soul ain't saved, your soul will remain in the flesh. How did you know that, Pastor? Because when Jesus died, they put him in the grave. They put him in the tomb. Well, they never put Jesus on the ground, but yet he was in the grave. They never put him in a tomb. They never put him in the ground. His flesh could not see corruption. They put him in the tomb. So you got to understand something, but his flesh, if, if, where his soul was, was in the grave. He was in the grave three days and three nights. See, when they talk about the soul in the grave, we're talking about the soul is still in the body. Now, if you're not saying, yeah, that's where you're going. You're going to go in the ground, in the grave, which is your body. And that's where you're going to stay at, beating up against that, trying to get out for the rest of eternity. From there, you go to the lake of fire. They just get worse. Somebody say amen. But there's a way out. There's a way out. All right, look at Ephesians chapter 2. Now, I want to do this out of the Living Bible also. Ephesians 2.15, just one verse. I, I read this the last time in two, Ephesians 2.11 Ephesians through 22, but I just want to do Ephesians 2.15 because it's going to tell me what I need to say. See, I'm showing you things need to be about. I'm going to go through this. I'm, on, I'm only on the law. But his death, by his death, when Jesus died on the cross, what he did, he ended the angry resentment between Jews and Gentiles. Now, how did he do that? He took away the law. It was the law that gave Satan his power. It was the law that gave the Jews power against the Gentiles. It was the law that divided the Gentiles from the Jews. God took it away. Is the law, because of the law, was the knowledge of sin. Because of the law, death came. Because of the law, Adam ate of the tree of neither good and evil. Now he lost his power to Satan. He was put out of the garden. Satan was left in the garden. What a, what a turnaround. Now the same devil that was, he was bossing around now with his boss. All the way to Christ came. And he took the power back. So we have to know how he did it because that's the message you got to preach. By his death, he ended the angry resentment between Jews and Gentiles caused by the Jewish laws. See, what separates the churches today? What separates us today? 
the law, which is whether you do communion. See, we don't do communion, so we ain't got nothing to do with crump. We don't do water baptism, so we ain't got nothing to do with crump. You know why? Because see, crump, look, every church has two ordinances. And then you ask them, say, where, where are they? Because that's what they taught you in school. I won't tell you the, the kind of school it was. But that's what they taught you. There's two ordinances in the Bible. That's water baptism and Holy Communion. That's not in the Bible. You watch what the Bible says. Are you telling me the Lord took some of them away? Watch what it said. By his death, he ended the angry resentment between us. He caused the Jews laws, 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 all of them that favor the Jews, and he excluded the Gentiles, for he died to annual, to annul. Okay, if something been annulled, it's been done away with, right? He ended the Jews' laws that's been annulled, that whole system. Next word. The whole system of Jews' law, that means the communion, the water baptism, the circumcision, the foot washing, he took them all away. Then he took the two groups that had been opposed to each other, made them parts of himself, thus he fused us together to become one person, and at last there was peace, because you don't have that stuff no more. Thank you. See, that is what separates the churches. If you look at a Baptist church, in the apostolic church, when I was growing up, I'd been in ministry 40 years, and all the argument was, we baptized in Matthew 28, 18, 19, 20, in the name of the, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And the apostolic man said, we baptized in the name of Jesus. And then you got over here, said, we baptized in the name of Jesus Christ with the evidence of speaking of the tongue. So everybody got their own thing, and it's all over that same stuff. And none, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, none of it was to us. And then we got to go ye therefore in all world. God had never told you to go therefore in no world. He told you to come. You about to go get the message. The Bible said you about to know your calling. He called you to the grace of Christ, Galatians 1.6. See, people don't understand. You're not coming to church for me. You come to church because he called you. And if you, you goof off, it's up to you. He's Paul said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that call you into the grace of Christ. He didn't call you to the Catholic Church. He did not call you to apostolic. He did not call you to be a Pentecostal. He called you into the grace of Christ. You better read the Bible. But we just want to be a Kojic. See, we just, we, we got what we want to be. That ain't what God called you. He called you into the grace of Christ. Not into another gospel. And what's he going to say about that? And I'm done. Watch what it says. I marvel that you so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ. We're here. We preach the grace of Christ. Amen. You had another gospel, which is not another, but there'll be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ, the cross. Christ's death, death, and resurrection is what we preach. But though we an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which we preach to you, Paul says, let him be a curse. Then he said, well, I'm not biting my lip. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to tell you again. I say again, if any man preach any other gospel than what you have received, let him be a curse. Cut off. 
from the family of God. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org. 